Merry Christmas. Wow, we were wondering how many would be at this service and how many at 430. A lot of you here. Thanks for coming. It's great to have you here. Beautiful gathering. And uh, I thank the band and the, the, the strings up here today. They did a great job of putting that together. Everybody is celebrating at this time of the year. Lots of parties, lots of gatherings, Christmas parties at work, Christmas parties at school. Many kids have Christmas parties at school. Christmas parties at church. And you know what I say? Go all out. Celebrate hard. Eat those tamales. Those Christmas cookies, enjoy all those holiday traditions. Go for it. It's great to celebrate. But it's also great to contemplate, to think deeply about the one whose birth we celebrate this morning. And I want you to do that at our Christmas Eve services today we're going to consider one profound statement that Jesus made concerning himself found in the last chapter of the Bible, in Revelation chapter 22. Jesus said this of himself. He said, I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. That's a profound statement. That's a mysterious statement. It's curious. This morning, I want you to just focus on that first part. I am the root and the offspring of David. Now, David, you've heard of David. David's the guy who killed the giant named Goliath. He's a skilled worship leader in the Bible. In fact, he wrote most of the Psalms that we have in the Old Testament. David's the one who became a great king for Israel. He's the one who moved Jerusalem to be the capital city of Israel. One of the greatest kings and figures in the history of Israel. David lived 1,000 B.C. That's 3,000 years ago. That's 1,000 years Before Jesus was born. And here Jesus says. I'm the root. Of David. I'm before. David. Now we know what a root is. It's that part underneath the plant or the tree. The root is the source. And the foundation of that tree. Jesus is saying I'm the source of David. I produced David. And then he says, on the other hand, I'm the offspring of David. I came from David. I'm a product of David. And we know that that's true. Jesus would be born into the family line of King David. 13, 14 generations after King David lived, 
Jesus was born to Mary and Joseph from the house of David. David is a great, 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 great grandfather to Jesus. So now think about how strange that is. Jesus is before David. And he's after David. In fact, it might be helpful to think of a a timeline. Here we are. That's us in 2023 A.D. David's lived 3,000 years ago in 1,000 B.C. And according to what Jesus says here, he was before him. And yet, he was also after him. I am from David, Jesus says, and David's from me. Or you can think of it as we've been the tree and the plant idea that would represent David. And Jesus is both the root and the fruit of David. Now, how is that possible? How does that make any sense? Does that make any sense? That one could be before and after? Well, it doesn't make sense for any normal human being. But Jesus is not a normal human being. Jesus, when he walked on the earth, was God and man. And as God, he's before David. And as man, he's after David. As God, he can be the Lord of David. As man, he's the son of David. Now, theologians have a very fancy term when they speak of Jesus. They speak of the theanthropic nature of Jesus. And that comes from two Greek words, theos, which means God, and anthropos, which means humanity. Theo, anthropos, the theanthropic nature of Christ. So I'm going to have everyone say that with me, especially the kids. Will you say that with me? (laughs) Theanthropic nature of Christ. Say that again. Theanthropic nature of Christ. Kids, when grandma comes tonight to visit, (laughs) or tomorrow morning, you tell them about the theanthropic nature of Jesus Christ. You'll impress them. Jesus is fully God. The deity of Jesus Christ is an absolute foundational truth of the Christian faith. The Bible declares that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the Alpha and he's the Omega. He is the eternal second person Of the Trinity. You study what the Bible says about Jesus. God the Son. Jesus is eternal. Jesus has always existed as God. He existed as God. In the eternity past. He existed as God during his time here on earth. 
He is existing as God today, and Jesus will always exist as God for the eternal future. The Bible teaches that Jesus, the Son of God, was there at the creation of the universe. The Bible goes on to say that Jesus is the one in whom everything in creation consists. Literally, he holds all things in his hands. Jesus literally has the whole world in his hands. You remember that singing that song? Jesus claimed to be God. Jesus told the folks, I and the Father are one. Jesus told Thomas, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So understand, the biblical understanding of Jesus Christ is he is deity. He's God. And there came a time, there came a space in history where he became man. The Son of God became a man. A real human being. Just like you and I. Jesus conceived in the womb of the Virgin of Mary by the Holy Spirit. God in the womb. Jesus born of the Virgin Mary in Bethlehem. That little baby in swaddling clothes. God as a baby. Jesus grew up like we all grow up. He developed physically, mentally, emotionally. Second graders, do you know that Jesus knows what it's like to be a second grader? In kindergarten, a third grader, he knows all that. Jesus has a body just like you and I. He has a body that, that got tired, that got hungry. He got thirsty. Jesus became man. The Son of God became man. And here's the real mystery of it. Fully God, fully man. Not some mix of humanity and deity. Not 50% God, 50% man. 100% God, And 100% man at the same time. That's Jesus while he walked on this earth. It's an unfathomable thing to think about. Paul explains the incarnation of Jesus this way. He says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not account equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. That's what happened at Christmas. God, the eternal son, emptied himself. Now, don't think of that as emptying himself of deity. That can't change. He's God forever. He emptied himself of the privileges of deity. Of the prerogatives of deity. Of the glories of heaven to come here. There's a theologian who's a lot smarter than I am. And he explained 
this to me. I, I actually took a class, and it was one of the greatest ways that I've come to think of the incarnation. When you think of Christmas time and what happened, the incarnation of Jesus, don't think of it as subtraction. Jesus, in leaving heaven, did not subtract from himself deity. Think of it as addition. He added to himself humanity, and with all those limitations, which explains the emptying. It's an incredible thing. It'll blow your mind. The God who knows all things added to himself the human experience of having to learn. The Son of God who knows omnipresence can be anywhere at any time took upon himself a human being, a human body, which can only be at one place at one time. The mystery of that is unfathomable. God became man. This phrase, I am the root, and I'm the offspring of David, profound. Profound. Now, at this time of year, they talk a lot about Christmas miracles. There's all sorts of miracles. There's, uh, you know, Rudolph and his shiny red nose, and Frosty who comes to life. And Santa Claus and the angels that get their wings. Scrooge becomes a brand new man. That beautiful new car in the driveway on Christmas morning in a bow. Your package arrives on time. If you've never watched a Hallmark Christmas movie, let me just save you some time. The couple gets together at the end. They kiss under the falling snow, and everyone gets their dream job. Now, I actually think Christmas time is a very magical time of the year. I think there's a lot of miracles that take place. I love the way people treat each other. And I love how many families will reach out to other families in need in the name of Jesus. But the greatest miracle, the greatest Christmas miracle, which is in fact true, is Jesus became man. And he was born in Bethlehem. And we have God as a baby in a crib. It's the greatest miracle. In fact, it's hard to even think about it. Question, really good question, probably the best question. Why? Why did God become man? Why all this? Why did he leave heaven? Well, I'll let Jesus answer that. In his very own words, Mark chapter 10, the words of Jesus. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. 
That's why Jesus, that's why the incarnation, that's why God became man. That's why Jesus came. To offer his life as a ransom for many. See, the Bible's very clear on what the problem is in this world. And with folks and all the suffering. It's sin. We've all sinned. The human race is a sinful race. Now, there's going to be people out there that will tell you people are basically good in nature. If that's true, why do those people lock their doors at night? Why do they have keys to a car? Why do you have to sign papers when you close a deal? We aren't naturally good. The, man, the human race has fallen in to sin. And here's the deal. Sin separates us from God who's sinless. God is perfect and holy. And all sinners are to be punished under the righteous and just requirements of a holy God. So we're in big trouble. The world is in big trouble. Has been ever since the fall. We're sinful. We deserve punishment. But the wonderful news of the Bible is that God said, if a substitute came on the scene, if a perfect one were willing to come and take that punishment for others, God would accept that. And so that required a perfect man. Problem being, there is no perfect man. So God became one. The Son of God left heaven and became man. And by the way, when we talk about the perfect humanity and deity of Jesus Christ, understand that Jesus, for 33 and a half years, walked this planet and he never sinned once. Not one sinful thought, not one sinful word, not one sinful deed. The Bible says Jesus is the perfect, spotless, sinless Lamb of God who became man so that the imperfect ones, you and me, could have a shot. Jesus offered his life as a ransom to set the sinners free. He went to the cross, and the Bible says that all of the sins of the world were placed upon him. All my sins were placed upon him. All the garbage, all the trash, all the shameful things were placed on Jesus. And he took that sin, bore my sin, paid the price for my sin. And then they buried him, but on the third day he arose proving that his sacrifice was accepted. And so now, sinners can be set free and forgiven. You're going to see a lot of pictures of mangers at this time of the year. Always see the manger with the cross on the shadow. Under the cross of the shadow. Never forget, too many people let Jesus stay that cute little baby in the manger. But please understand, Jesus grew up Jesus came to die on that cross. And he did it 
so that you and I could be forgiven. So salvation is a gift. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That's the glorious gospel message. If sinners bow the knee, bow the hearts, admit that before God who's holy, and place their faith and trust in Jesus Christ who died for your sins, the Bible says you'll be saved. You'll be forgiven. All of your sins will be washed away. Ephesians 2, for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. It's a gift. You can't earn your salvation. Nobody can. That's why Jesus came. Receive him. Don't let another Christmas go by not understanding the real meaning of what Jesus did for you. You know you're going to get a lot of presents, hopefully. But the greatest gift is the presence of Jesus in your heart, in your life, in your home, in your family, in your marriage, in every aspect. You know, if you open your heart to Jesus, he'll touch every area of your life. Receive that gift. The greatest Christmas miracle, no doubt, is the incarnation of Jesus Christ. But the greatest miracle in your life can happen right now. The Bible says if you place your faith and trust in him, you'll become born again. Brand new. All of your sins forgiven. Filled by the Holy Spirit. Destined for heaven. Able to live for him. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Turn the lights down a little bit. just in these quiet moments. Reflect on that unfathomable miracle. God became man. And that was a sacrifice enough just to become man, to leave heaven, but then to go to the cross... To take our punishment, to have our sins placed upon him. All that for you. The Bible says, for God so loved the world. He loves you. That's why he did it.
Have you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Have you opened your heart to the gift of salvation? If not, you do that by faith. And I want to lead you in a a prayer right now. If you've never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, never recognized who he really is and what he did for you. He's alive. I believe he's right here in this room. And he'll touch you. He'll touch your life. He'll enter into your life. You say, but Terry, I've been so bad. I've been so sinful. The blood of Christ washes away all sin. All sin. The only sin that won't be forgiven is your rejection of Jesus. He died for all sin. I invite you right now to place your faith and trust in him. Just in a quiet prayer. I'll lead you just in the quietness of your heart. Say, Lord Jesus... Thank you for what you did for me. Thank you for leaving heaven, becoming like me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me and rising again. I need you. I need my sins to be forgiven. Be my Lord and Savior. I invite you into my heart and into my life. I invite you into every aspect of my life and fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.